Welcome to the Reunion Belleville podcast, a place where everyday people apprentice to Jesus. We're glad you pulled up a seat and we hope that today's lead-in encourages you to take your next step. All right, good morning. I got to tell you, I'm pretty, uh, pretty pumped about this morning's conversation. And so I'm so glad that you are with us this morning in person here. And especially, not just especially, but... <laughs> Special welcome to those who are listening on our podcast throughout the week. I know that there's a number of people in our area, but also in in different areas who take the time each week to kind of track with our teaching. And so if you're in the area and you'd like to come and hang out with us in person, as some of you are now doing, thank you so much. Uh, We really believe that there's something special happening here, not because of uh, any individual, but for us as a people, because the Holy Spirit is with us. And so I'm excited to see your face this morning. I'm excited to know that people take the time to track with us online. And again, I'm excited about this morning because in a world where we can we can be almost anyone and do almost anything, how do you make decisions? Do you make a list of pros and cons? <clears throat> do you consider your values? Not so much what do I want now, but what do I want more? Do you consider, as my friend said this week, not just what could happen if you said yes to the new job, relationship, having kids, maybe buying that house or moving home, taking a big trip, but what could it also mean if you said no to those opportunities? I was getting my hair cut this week and my buddy, he said, we had this conversation, he said, making decisions can be sometimes difficult because they're emotional, right? And I got to tell you, I agree because what if we get it wrong? Now, obviously, we're not talking about the choices we make between coffee and tea, like that's even a choice. We're talking about important decisions that we think are going to impact us, and therefore, they're going to make an impact on our extended communities, our own family. As apprentices of Jesus, people who want to be with Jesus become like Jesus so we can love like Jesus. We haven't even brought up the, the core of our presumed concern. What does God want for my life? Because goodness gracious, it's hard enough to sift through the possibilities in our own head, let alone trying to figure out what might be in God's. In fact, this week I posted this question on our social media sites. Discerning the will of God for my life feels, and I gave some options like impossible, scary, pointless, and I heard a lot of yes responses to these. People get scared because what if we get it wrong? Some of us have been taught that God has a plan A and that's it. You're either in the will of God or you're, you're out of it. That's kind of scary. What if we blow it? Others think discernment is impossible or pointless. Does God even care? Is God even present or active or reactive to what's happening? Does God even speak? Can we even hear? What's the point? And if there is one, it's impossible to figure out. So why even try? I love the honesty of these comments. What would you add to the list? What emotions or feelings come up or reactions come up when you think about discerning the will of God or the will of God for your life? Would you use the words that we used last week? Free and light? What blows my mind is this absolutely sad truth. A lot of people either new or long standing to faith have something in common. Free and light would not be their experience. 
And yet this was Jesus' invitation, his challenge. Life in relationship with Jesus should be an experience of a recovered life that is free and light. But here's the kicker. This is the way it was always supposed to be. It wasn't like Jesus showed up and changed God. No, Jesus showed up to change our image of God. Our image of God was, and in many ways, remains broken. Religion, it can often get in the way of how we see and therefore who we see as God. And those images don't allow much room for light and free. So here's something that's incredibly vital to our theology of God here at Reunion. If you want to know who God is, what? That's right. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. God has always been like Jesus. There was never a time God was not like Jesus. And there will never be a time when God is not like Jesus. And so an important question is, does your image of God reflect Jesus? Does your image of God sound like Jesus, act like Jesus, and treat you and therefore others, even your enemies, like Jesus would? If your image of God doesn't look like Jesus, we believe it doesn't look like Christ. Therefore, life with God was always intended to be light and free. Yes, even in the Old Testament, we see that God's will is light and free and so much more. In fact, open your Bibles to Psalm 40 this morning because we're going to read and we're going to ask, as we always do, what stands out to you and why do you think that might be the case? Psalm 40, this is what David wrote, and it was a song, a psalm of of praise. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud in the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Verse 4. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all of your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. Verse 6. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offering or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come as it was written in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will. My God, for your instructions are written on my heart. (laughs) Wow, there is so much there this morning that could stand out. But what stands out to you? And why do you think that might be? In fact, I want us to just take a couple moments now and, and, and pray that and, and to maybe even write a, a quick note down. So would you join me for a few moments in silence as we pray, God, what stands out to me? And why do you think that is? Lord, please speak. Your apprentices are listening. If you wrote something down, um, I would encourage you in just a few moments as we get into breakouts to bring it up or certainly around your tables this week as we meet in our homes for dinner. Bring it up and have a conversation with your community about what stood out and why you think that might be true. The Holy Spirit certainly doesn't just want to have this moment, but to press into it later on. I got to tell you, I love this psalm. It was actually on the calendar um, as our intro section last week, but I needed more time with it. 
David's words that are rooted in his experience with God are so rich. I read these words and again, I think to myself, just as like I did last week, my reaction is, I want that. In fact, the opening lines of this psalm and this song have been my personal experience. Have they been yours? David starts again, I have waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud in the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. The opening lines remind me of what I have experienced with God, but also challenge me as to why it's not always my experience. You see, there's kind of three types of people when it comes to Christ-centered discernment. The first group are those who do and do not discern. (laughs) There's the first group is those who do and do not discern. And I've often found myself in this camp. I'm someone who loves to do, be active, push forward, make plans, or get things done. Discernment, friends, is not about getting things done, but being aligned with God. Discernment is not about getting things done, but being aligned with God. And getting aligned with God is all about patience. David wrote, I waited patiently for the Lord. Impatience is an impossible mindset when it comes to discernment. When it comes to discernment with God, let alone with anyone else we invite into the process, patience, this willingness to wait, hear, but more importantly, listen for wisdom, insight, and direction is vital. You know that I love definitions, and so this is what patience is defined as. The capacity to accept or tolerate, listen to these, it's the capacity to accept or tolerate a list of things that include delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. It's this capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. (laughs) Ugh. I gotta be honest and say those words accept, let alone tolerate things like delay, trouble, and suffering are like that feeling you get on your tongue when you see or even think about a wooden spoon. Does Does your tongue get hairy? I gotta tell you, I react, but sadly, this is the reality for many of us. We are not patient apprentices of Jesus, but instead reactionary apprentices of Jesus. We do and we do not discern. We go without asking where, we do without asking how. As you consider your life, not just in discernment with God, but (laughs) it's often just the way that we are. Are you a reactionary person? And therefore, are you a reactionary apprentice of Jesus who does without discerning? I bet I'm not alone, but there's also another group of people who discern and never do. That's right, they discern and they never do. We cannot make the mistake of assuming patience is inaction. Doing, as we'll see in Psalm 40, is similar to what we saw last week with Jesus. Waiting patiently on the Lord for direction leads us into spirit-led activity. David sings in verse 8, I take joy in doing your will, my God. Notice he says doing your will, not doing any will, let alone I take joy in doing my will. But you'll also notice that he doesn't say I take joy in praying about your will. Joy in meditating on your will or even joy in knowing your will. There is a difference between knowing and doing, isn't there? 
And to assume discernment is simply the act of knowing without the intent to do is not the point of Christian discernment. Are you someone who finds themselves often taking time to pray but never acting? Are you someone who finds peace in the process but it never leads to Holy Spirit-led progress? You're not alone. You are absolutely not alone. But there is, for both of these options, a third way of life with Christ. And this third option is a response to the crux of the situation for both those who do and do not discern, and certainly for those who discern and never do. In fact, I believe this characteristic of the third option is the foundation of all of our relationships, yes, even the one that we have with God. And so in verse 4, David says this, and now listen to this, it's a big deal. Oh, the joys of those who, who what? Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord. The third group of people are those who discern and move forward free and light because they trust in the Lord. But more importantly, God has proven, listen to this, more importantly, God has proven to be trustworthy. A friend once told me, Wes, experience always surpasses explanation. We can explain all day, we can teach all day, we can preach all day, but it's not until that explanation grows feet or grows legs does it even matter. And so this is why one of our core values here at Reunion is that we are people who practice the way of Jesus, not because we have to, not because we're shamed if we don't do it, not because God is someone going to flip off uh, and get angry because we don't do it, We practice the way of Jesus because it's actually the only way to find out if God can be trusted. The number one issue for people discerning the will of God is not I've done and didn't ask or I asked and refused to do. The number one issue that I've experienced as a pastor with others and certainly within my own life is that I do so I don't have to ask or I ask with no intent of doing because at the core, the depth of my heart, either I'm doing or not doing because I do not trust God. I cannot trust that God's plan is good. I do not trust that God is good. As a kid growing up, there used to be this kind of like recited thing we would say back and forth. God is good. And the, the congregation would say all, his time, all the time. And then the pastor would say all the time. And the people would say God is good. As much as I heard that as a kid growing up, there are still plenty of times in my life where I do not believe that it is true. I do not trust God. But David writes this radical statement, I take joy in doing your will, my God. I take joy in doing your will. Other translations will say that I take delight or I desire. These are interesting words, joy, delight, and desire, because they're only possible in a trusting relationship. I cannot delight in something I do not trust. I cannot follow a plan from someone I do not trust. I'm not going to ask advice from someone I do not trust. Do you trust God? Can God be trusted? Is God even good? These are all significant questions that at some point in our relationship with Jesus, we have to answer. Kristen and I started watching a a show um, called The Trust, where people join a game where they are all guaranteed at the very beginning, you're going to walk away with $22,000. The wrinkle, you can vote people off and get more money. The social experiment of this show is, can people trust? In fact, can people be trusted? Some people on the show say, I only trust people until they give me a reason not to. (laughs) But for every person who says that, there's another person who says, I only trust people 
if they gave me a reason or evidence to trust them. What side of the uh, argument do you fall on into? From my experience, again, as a pastor and even in my own life, many, if not most adults, fall into category number two. Prove to me that you can be trusted. The only people I've ever met in number one are mostly children. Oh, to have the faith of a child, Jesus says, and and I got to tell you, I get it. If only we could reach out and trust from the get-go, if only. But there's good news. God is okay with earning your trust. Let me say that again. God is okay with earning your trust. But here's the kicker. With, With every relationship, yes, including our one with God, we have to give God an opportunity to earn it. God's okay with earning your trust, but you have to give God an opportunity to earn it. For those who do and never discern, there's little trust. For those who discern and never do, there's little trust. Walking with Jesus is an invitation to a light and free life, not because you're invited to simply go through the motions. In fact, David says, God takes no delight in sacrifices or offerings. God doesn't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. God does not want mindless ritual. God wants your trust. God desires that you might delight in God's will, find joy in God's will, desire to do God's will, not because you have to, but because you've tasted and seen that God is good. You trust God. As you consider the choices you need to make, can God be trusted? Most of us around this table this morning have no problem saying that we can trust God with our eternity. But with our money, our relationships, this job opportunity, this diagnosis, this conflict, my business, my children, come on. It's easier to do and not discern, or I'd rather discern and never do. But what if doing was never the point? In fact, what if it's the result of having a trusting relationship with Jesus because you know that he is good, you know that his plan is good? Because all that doing, 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 that sounds a whole lot like religion and Jesus promises one thing, that's going to burn you out. What if living a free and light life starts with trust? Being in a trusted relationship with God who is good all the time, all the time, God is good. As you consider your life and your relationship with Jesus today, how will you answer this question? Can God be trusted? There's only really one way to find out. Give God an opportunity to earn it. What is God saying to you this morning and how are you going to respond? Thank you for listening to today's lead-in. We pray that you were able to learn something about Jesus today, but equally important, we pray that you sense a step you might take in response. What would it look like for you to live with Jesus today in light of our discussion. You can learn more about our community at www.reunionbelleville.com and we're always here to walk with you.